Hello, everyone. This is Zach, and I'm sitting here with Michael, uh, both from Heal Your Tribe, and this is the Heal Your Tribe podcast. Hi, Michael. How's it going? It's going great, Zach. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I have been holding down the fort here in Oregon as you and Jess and Teresa uh, all went down to Peru um, y- y'all were in Iquitos, or just outside of Iquitos, or on the edge of Iquitos, and you were at Amaru Spirit, which was run by uh, David Slocum. Is that his, his full? I know him as Slocum. I've I've known him for since I was in Peru back in 2010. Um, yeah, he he goes by Slocum, uh, David Houston. Uh, but yeah, Slocum, I think, is the preferred name. Yeah. And Slocum, he has a camp there, a uh, retreat center. And um, he's also, he actually was, I, I met him in 2010. He was just getting the camp going back then. But uh, he'd been living in Peru for several years as an artist. And he's a great, uh, amazing visual artist, a painter, right? Yeah, he's done restoration work for the Catholic Church. He's. Wow you know, a classically trained painter, restorer, does all of that. And then over time, I would say that his interests have also definitively started blending in themes from plant medicine. Uh And so you see his work and whether it's portraits of indigenous women or indigenous men, or whether it's these beautiful gilded and platinum infused pieces that are you know talking about universal themes and pulling in archetypes from christianity plant medicine uh egypt india wherever he he is fundamentally a channel for the divine feminine Uh in that in that aspect doing that work and that approach to painting to sculpting to creation i think infuses a lot of the work that he does yeah yeah and so um and as, as we started off he is a um uh, he runs owns and runs this this retreat center and it's quite i think it's quite special um in his approach there are other places that do a similar approach but uh, in terms of you know they don't have um, always they, they might have set retreats for groups that come in but oftentimes it's um, you let them know when you're showing up and he'll let you come and he'll do individual diets so you're not dieting with the group as a whole as an uh, as an option um, and so he's, he's an artist he owns the uh, this owns and runs this camp and he's also very brilliant when it comes to nutrition and he does some other cleanses and stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, his background is... Yeah. I, I can honestly say I've never met anybody quite like him. Mm. And, you know, I think it's fair to say that he doesn't like to be labeled as a specific... In any of his trainings, right? right. Whether it's specifically as an artist or as somebody who works with tobacco or plant medicine or somebody who does these cleanses, his, his approach is unique. Uh-huh. And he does do, you know, people come, and it's a health-focused center. Uh-huh. And so 
depending on where you're at in your approach to what health means for you, you know, you'll be trying new, new things. Yeah. And so maybe you'll be doing a detox of your gallbladder and liver and really cleaning out that way. Maybe you're dieting with a specific plant. Uh, maybe the, he's had people come to do, you know, cancer recovery down there. And so it's really about finding... He really customizes based yeah, on... Yeah, the, the custom approach to, to who is there. Yeah. And and so in addition to all of that, that he um, brings in maestros from uh, are they mostly it's mestizo and does he have some shipibo maestros as well or is it he's worked with shipibo but i would say it's predominantly mestizo maestros that come down there uh-huh. and hold ceremony uh-huh. and so while you're there i mean the ranges in front of you is everything from plant dietas to working with master plants like ayahuasca tobacco uh Wachuma, san, san pedro uh if you want to work with Nikki, who sometimes comes there, he focuses on coca. Uh, so there's all these different approaches that you can do down there. But on the you know ceremonial ayahuasca side of people who come down there, it's definitely I would say predominantly mestizo driven okay. approach. And and then you if, if one goes to do uh, a dieta or something there, they have the option. Was it three times a week? for ayahuasca ceremony or when did, how does that work so it's changing over time you know my first trip down there it was you know they were open all year long and people were coming in at different points and it was ayahuasca monday wednesday friday san pedro thursdays and sundays um and as long as you weren't in dieta all of that was available to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're in Dieta there, you're in Dieta. No other plant medicines involved. Yeah. Um, now I would say that he kind of customizes it based off of who all is there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if he's got two groups of, you know, five people each, there might be people floating in and out of Dieta. And so it's still probably about ayahuasca three times a week and Uh the option for San Pedro two times a week. Um, But it it fluctuates depending on the group or people that are there. Um, And and what you're saying is he asks that if you're in dieta that you not drink ayahuasca during the dieta? During the dieta, correct. Uh, Uh, Which I I, I like and I prefer that approach too. Yeah, there's a few different approaches to doing dieta and you know drinking ayahuasca at the same time or not but what slocum is really doing from what i've witnessed is he's going in with the plants that you're dieting and they are pretty dense doses and so for the for that density of dose it's better to just work with that plant and then maybe on the day before you cut your diet Maybe you'll have a drink in the morning and have ceremony that night to right. to close, but that's about it. Yeah, and then for those of you who are new to this podcast, um, the, I've mentioned before that I think I prefer personally to open dieta with a ceremony 
do the dieta without any ayahuasca uh, during the dieta itself, and then you know getting getting much clearer as to what's coming from the plant that you're dieting, whether it be tobacco, chirixanango, shibuwaku, ayahuma, uh, what have you. Uh, having a clear and distinct understanding of what's coming from the, the plant or tree, and then ending the dieta with uh, ceremony so that you can look back and get a better view on, on the dieta. Um, as much as, you know, when I started my career uh, down in, in Peru and had my jungle camp down there, we would um, require everyone to do a dieta together. It was very different or is different in that aspect. Um, and we would have five ceremonies during a dieta that was eight days long. Yeah. <laughs> Most people ended up doing four ceremonies, taking a night off somewhere in there. Um, but, you know, and that was largely due to, you know, accommodating people's travel times. Uh, um, my understanding is that's not traditional. Traditional is more do a ceremony as you open and do a ceremony as you close um, and do a long stint of, or longer stint, I should say, of uh, the dieta itself um, where there's no mixing. Because it can be confusing. Like if you go into yeah. ceremony middle of dieta, it's like, where are, the, are these messages coming from ayahuasca or are the messages coming from, say, uh, shiwawaku, right? Yeah, and especially if you're going in and you're early on in that approach and mm-hmm. in, in your study, yeah, it's, it's definitely confusing on where you're getting that information from what's going on in your body you know as clear as sometimes certain medicines can be other times they speak in metaphors Mm -hmm. and so you're trying to decipher metaphors while getting cleaned out while going through this and it can activate a very mental process in that regard and so sometimes just by having it just be yourself in dieta in this tombow or or house that nobody else is in Well, whatever's coming up is coming up out of you. Right. If right. you're in your mind, great. Go look at it. If you're in your body, great. Go be with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's that's another. I, I've I've always wanted to be able to offer um, dietas where you had your own room or tombo, and you're essentially, you know, holding up in there um, during the dieta. It's, it's just never had that space. Even when I was in the jungle. <clears throat> um, we weren't able to accommodate that until late in my career down in the jungle. We were able to build out uh, enough space. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's really, really cool what he's doing. Um, it's also, I'm, I'm, he's been doing it for, was it tw- what, 12 years now? Um, pretty much, with the exception of COVID, pretty much nonstop. And I, I can't imagine how tiring that, that, setup is because you're constantly working and I just, I just I couldn't do it myself the way he does it yeah and I mean from a human design standpoint I found out he's a manifesting generator uh, uh, so yeah. there's there's a both an engine yeah. that, that drives it but you know his focus from what I understand right and I don't want to speak for him sure. uh, but from what I can tell about his focus is he loves serving dietas yeah he loves the diagnosis going in seeing working with energetics seeing the changes that people go through while they're down there Mm -hmm. uh 
generally, if he's coming to an ayahuasca ceremony, he's not necessarily drinking ayahuasca. He's building up his energetic body and is present in the space and is pretty darn aware of what's going on. Uh. Um, but it seems like he's found a style for him yeah. and his own body that he's pretty tuned into. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, I, um, like I've always respected his work and I've respected him for, you know, like I said, since essentially when I started my camp, he started his at a very close time, uh, in the same time frame, I should say. And, um, yeah, and that's part of the reason, you know, when, we, we started working together in Guatemala, you and I, mm-hmm. uh, doing ayahuasca and some dietas down there. <clears throat> and you would ask, well, where should I go in Peru? I'm like, it's local. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm a big fan. And we actually, you know, I continued. He's the only person I recommend down in Peru, largely because I don't know anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's been so long since I've been down there. But he and I, I, I I've just known that he's consistent. He's been down there. And so he's 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 uh, a solid guy, and he's he doesn't doesn't hasn't fallen into the tom tom fuckery that we hear about with other shamans and centers and that sort of thing. He's high integrity, very very high integrity, very high integrity, and it's lovely because he acts as a bridge mm-hmm. between this Western world that a lot of you know the people who are currently going down to work with plant medicine are coming from, and the Peruvian world where or Brazilian, the South American world where the culture is different and you know, if you're sitting there and somebody's telling you and a shaman is telling you all of this stuff from their cultural perspective uh-huh. it might not make any sense to you or it might really freak you out. Right. Or and there's a miscom- yeah. miscommunications <clears throat> and so for him to, one, be there to be able to translate, two, to be able to make sure that the people who are working there maintain that high level of integrity so no yeah. weird stuff happens yeah. uh, is really lovely. Do you, have a, do you have an example that you can think of of where they're, you know, culturally they, uh, the shaman would say something and then if that were taken without a bridge and a, and a, and a if it were translated literally, and there was no <clears throat> bridge there to kind of work with that cultural milieu. Um, there could be a misunderstanding. I You're do, smiling, so you do. I, I definitely do. Um, and it's one of my stories, actually. Ah. Uh, so not this most recent trip that I got back from, but yeah. the trip prior to that. Yeah. Went down there and sat with this shaman who I'd never sat with before in my time there. And... Afterwards, the commentary from the shaman was, there's a very dark spirit that's there and driving... Driving you? Dri- driving me yeah. and, like, all the stuff. And I was like... It sounded uh, very negative. It sounded very, very, very negative. And I was... It didn't feel fully accurate when I heard it in that way, so mm-hmm. I was... Doing the self-reflective work. You speak Spanish, right? Yeah. So you were listening to this going, well, uh, huh. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, and talking to Slocum, Slocum was like, look, no, no, no. Here's what it means. 
fundamentally, it's like your mind is creating a veil ah. that is preventing you from reaching your full, full potential. Okay. And so all this aspect and talk of like this oh, negative so, energy, la obscuridad. Ah, uh, obscuridad is, I mean, something's obscuring. I see, I see. Yeah, yeah. but it wasn't just la obscuridad. It was evolved out from there because Peruvian shamans sometimes have a flair for the dramatic. Uh-huh. Uh, and so it's like, oh, there's all this darkness and really kind of painting this picture and I'm just there listening having never worked with him before I'm like wow how much shadow material have I not integrated uh, uh, where where this thing's coming up and that's probably still a lot <laughs> but yeah it was a nice clarification of hey no it's not like there's a dark spirit that's attached to you or right. that you're fundamentally bad right. it's like you have a lot of potential and your mind yeah. is creating this veil yeah. that is preventing you from getting in there, and it's confusing and cloudy and hazy and right. obscure. Right, right. Um, so there's. That's a great example. Yeah. 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 Uh, I've or, got another. One. I mean, mm, uh, go for it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so for the longest time, um, I would, and, and this would be talked about on social media um, about how. Uh, ayahuasca is celoso jealous uh-huh. ayahuasca is jealous and every gringo that i talked to was like freaked out that ayahuasca was going to get pissed off um for you know if you do something wrong so to speak so we had all these gringos like kind of like oh my god be really really careful which yes of course be respectful to to, to ayahuasca but um but um the word celoso celoso is a little bit different. It can be the jealous, jilted lover that someone can be celoso in that sense. But uh, one day when I was um, down by my in the village that I had my camp in in Peru, um, I was walking, taking a shortcut through a watermelon field, um, and I wasn't following the trail. I was just kind of walking through the field. Um, I wasn't stepping on any watermelons and, you know, anything like that. But the owner of the field came out and said, Hey, um, can you, next time you walk through here, can you walk on the pathway? Because the watermelon plants are celoso. The watermelon plants are, uh, yeah, celoso. The watermelon plants are fragile. Ah. So... When we hear ayahuasca, it's it's that you want to be careful with your relationship with ayahuasca because that connection, the the work that you've done and so forth is fragile. It's not that she's going to get all pissed off at you. <laughs> yes, you can fuck it up and, and lose the work that you've done. But the, the idea, it's kind of like that. I think a lot of people have or had <clears throat> um, this idea that kind of like Old Testament God. Versus mm. the New Testament Christ God, which is all loving and all that sort of thing, and even uh, that gets confused. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't. I, well, I told you about that. I don't know if I've heard that story before, but I, I really like it because there are these expressions and these aspects of that culture, right? Mm. Uh, another one is tiene que dominar las plantas. Right. You have to dominate the plants. 
and it's an expression that's down there and if you take it literally of wow okay i've got to go in and try to dominate these plants (laughs) you will soon realize that you cannot um but what you can do is like learn how to work with yourself yeah and and that's what that expression really means is like learn how to master yourself and even things like brujeria right understanding that concept brujeria means witchcraft yes thank you (laughs) um understanding that concept which might seem very foreign to westerners coming Mm -hmm. in as this external magic and force and you know translating that to the use of fear and control or fear and anxiety to control and manipulate like you soon understand that we're surrounded by it here in the west yeah and just have a different language for it and so building those bridges and that understanding between words is yeah something that slocum is very good at yeah yeah cool and and so this this trip was i should mention that that um the um relationship we all have with slocum is somewhat unique in the sense that particularly with you in the sense that you're you're studying with with us um hillier tribe um and you're also studying um with with slocum down there and and slocum you're originally we're talking about you're studying tobacco specifically that's that's something that's on your your plate whether or not you fully decide to jump down that that rabbit hole or, or, or not is is seems like you are but that's a, i'll let you answer that but with us you're mostly the trees and and aya um so not to say that you don't learn during during your time down there and i think that through your time down there you've influenced how we do dietas here particularly around the food um which is cool but um do you want to i'm kind of going uh not being very clear on on the direction here let's talk about tobacco and your relationship there and talk about how tobacco is used in in peru and how there's an actual specific uh study of tobacco and how you can be a tobacco um someone who works with tobacco that's very direct, much like tobacco. <laughs> uh, yeah, so to provide a little bit of clarity to that first part, yeah. Uh, yeah, when I first went down to Peru to spend time at Amaru Spirit with Slocum, there was this call that kind of came through to study tobacco, whatever that means. <laughs> I'm still in the process of really understanding that. Mm. Um and part of the way that you do that is through dietas. And so there is this really lovely balancing of, hey, you're doing dietas, you're studying, your system is getting cleaned out. Um, but in order to study tobacco, <laughs> you need to diet tobacco. You need to have somebody who has been trained in it and then study with them follow them around, watch what they do, mm-hmm. learn. Um, and it's a lot of it's watching and learning. Yeah. And that's what this most recent trip involves. Yeah. Yeah. Watching, learning, watching, learning. 
that's spiritual weightlifting, so to speak. Uh, and yeah, there are people down in South America broadly who their primary plant that they work with is tobacco. And we have a very maligned view of tobacco, I would say, in the West due to commodification. Commodification, yeah. And if you look at, you know, across the globe, essentially, or at least in North and South America, it was like every culture had at least two sacred plants. And in pretty much every single one of them, one of them was tobacco. Mm -hmm. And... Every, every culture in the, in, the, in the Western Hemisphere. Right? Western Hemisphere, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, and they're continuously finding, you know, that the start date of when that relationship between human and tobacco started, mm -hmm. it's just older and older and older than they thought. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and to the point that, you know, and they don't know if it was the plant's decision or human's decision. Yeah. But tobacco cannot grow without humans at this point in time. Yeah. And humans have nicotinic receptors, and so we are primed for, primed <laughs> for tobacco. Yeah, yeah. And tobacco energetically is a connector. And that is, it allows you to connect with other plants and the the invisible world as well, <clears throat> it, it actually can create um, visions, it can create a mariación um, if you drink enough or take enough of it. Um, and then you want to talk about some other benefits? Yeah, it is the master of order. Mm. Um, up and down, <laughs> very centered, right? Mm. And so there's a lot of people who say that it is foundational mm -hmm to the medicine work broadly and because it puts everything in order and creates this firm centeredness you can feel more easily what's pushing you off of center mm. and then you know tiene que dominar las plantas by being in tune with yourself and by having that process with your own body and awareness through dietas, through study finding your center again uh, and so boundaries, protection centeredness mm -hmm. um, connection and when all of those things are taking place at the same time I mean, it is a master plant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't, was it recently, was it Pollen who included tobacco in his book, or was it Narby? It was or, Narby in his more recent book. He took a little bit more time to focus on uh, the relationship between tobacco and ayahuasca as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I mean, it's so medicinal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, I... I cannot describe in words how medicinal it is but it works on all these different layers from the physical and cellular to the energetic going up and you know at least from my approach yes those things are all interrelated uh -huh. but you know one of the 
things that I did this trip was I followed Slocum around as he was serving tobacco dietas. And one of the most consistent things that would happen is people would drink their tobacco tea and, you know, Slocum would be checking in with them. Hey, you know, what's going on? Where are you feeling it? And they'd be saying, oh man, I really feel it in my belly. And they're putting their hand below their belly button so like lower uh-huh second chakra second chakra maybe first, maybe first yeah. area and if you're looking at your physiology your actual stomach is pretty high up uh-huh. by the rib cage actually mm-hmm. on the bottom side and there's no way that the tobacco had actually gotten down to those lower intestines at that at that that fast and so it it was very clear that it was working on this energetic level Uh and hearing people talk about oh yeah it's got this feeling of of a sphere that's burning or or whatever it is uh it's working at an energetic layer as much as it is on a physical Mm. layer and clearing things out yeah yeah well it's 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 one of the it can be used for parasites. Um, it's good for the like the brain. Nicotine in particular is really good for the brain. Yeah, it releases acetylcholine, <clears throat> and so the ability to focus and get clarity mm. on things is really good. Um, and it's you know focus, 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 relax, take a new perspective, yeah. seeing things from different perspectives, and being curious about them, but maintaining that level of clarity and, yeah. and attention that's necessary cool um, the, the, on the b- cautionary side I had heard without any scientific backing that um, and this had, had was related to excuse me <coughs> um, related to um, drinking ayahuasca because tobacco is put in ayahuasca in, in Peru um, to you, you got to kind of not drink more than three or four times a week because of the tobacco and how it could be hard on the liver. I don't know if that was something just to, you know, it's hard on, it's not like dangerous or anything. It's just like you want to be a little bit cautious on your drinking of tobacco. Is that something you'd heard or? Well, I think it's something where you want to work with a trained tobacco Mm -hmm. for, for this exact reason. Right. Um, you know, my suggestion is if you're going down to the jungle <laughs> uh-huh. to drink any plant medicine, you want to work with somebody who knows what uh, they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, case in point, I mean, I, I sent Jess, my my wife, and Jess, who people who know this podcast know Jess, I, she wanted to go um, do a sanang, a chirik sanango dieta, and that is a... You, really do not want to work with anyone who does not have the quote certification <laughs> uh, quote unquote certification to serve it because things can go really bad with chirix and it's a wonderful plant i've dieted it myself but i'm not qualified so i it's like well you want to work with chirix and i agree and go down and slocum's one of those people who can who can serve it yeah 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 uh, same goes with ayahuasca same goes with ayahuasca. Same goes with tobacco. Same goes with toei. Oh, I mean, and <laughs> and all these plants. It's not the people who shouldn't serve them, in my opinion, are not serving them. Uh-huh. They are. Yeah. But it's also generally 
when people who are not serving when people who are serving them who have not been adequately trained uh-huh. are serving them is when things go wrong. Right. Um, and so with tobacco, I know that you know I've heard stories of deaths. Well, of oh, deaths, yeah. and also to to your question about the you know is there a toxicity point? Oh, yeah. Yes, there is. But you know, I've done a seven drink dieta with slocum in five days so you know a big glass of tobacco big glass seven times in five days i've heard and met people who have done you know 15 days of that same density 15 days in a row but it's Um, the tobacco who knows how to look at the body the energetic body the physical body and go okay you can do this versus and this is how my sense of i know of one death in Iquitos, um, I forget the name of the center off the top of my head, but they were never known as tabaqueros. Um, and, you know, they just willy-nilly seem to be serving tobacco. Um, uh, in, and also it's the density too, right? So we, the tabaquero, someone who's a tabaquero has a different density. Because we used to, in my camp, we used to do tobacco purges but it was just one purge, <clears throat> and um, halfway through, and, and my teachers were, were, you know, trained well um, to serve. I, they, I don't think they would call themselves tabaqueros, and they weren't doing tobacco uh, dietas in the same way that that, that uh, slocum is. So, um, but it, my yeah, again, I think it was it was a lack of experience and training on the the people who uh, did, provided that tobacco purge that caused the person to. Overdose on nicotine, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, one of the components of the tobacco training is pushing your body to reach those toxicity mm-hmm. points mm-hmm. so that you experientially know <laughs> what that is what that is, and what that feels like and also how to help people. Yeah. And so it's not a... It's not a joke. <laughs> uh, as much as I'm laughing right now. Well, it, I'm laughing because you, you're thinking about doing it. So yeah. I think you're crazy. Um, <laughs> I didn't think you're crazy. Hey, yeah. you know. <laughs> but but it, it requires a, an immense amount of study, mm-hmm. right? And out of that, there's different branches that people can go. Mm-hmm. But if somebody is running a detox or addiction center in Peru, uh-huh. and they don't have a tobacco on staff... Mm. I probably wouldn't go there. Yeah. Um, unless you're going specifically for like Iboga, in which case it's a different. Oh, so you're talking for addiction. A, a, for yeah. physical addiction, tobacco bomb. is amazing. Yeah. And as strange as that might sound to the Western mind, who's like, but tobacco. No, no, no. Talk about getting energetically put in order. Yeah. You know, tobacco goes. A long way towards that huh. and you know I've kind of seen an aspect of this I wouldn't say I have full experience but if you've got a bunch of ayahuasqueros lined up in a row and then a tabaquero walks in to the room there's a dynamic that shifts around energetically because unless those ayahuasqueros are also trained tobaqueros there's right. there's crossover but 
it's a very challenging line of work that requires a deep amount of study. Yeah. Um, If that makes sense. I I think so. I mean, it's a different, as much as ayahuasca and tobacco love each other and and there's a lot of tobacco in ayahuasca. um, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's like psychologist versus a brain surgeon kind of thing yeah it's well i find so at least in that sense i find tobacco to be very direct Uh right it's like this thing whatever it is this is the thing that we're working on Uh boom and while i also find ayahuasca to be able to go and be direct and clear so well, ayahuasca is well the the, the, the archetypes con- the archetype that is in Peru that we know uh, is different in Colombia with the 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 um, what's the yahe well yahe and uh, um, kofan they view ayahuasca as masculine uh, or they deal with the masculine archetype that's ayahuasca um, but yeah it makes sense I mean ayahuasca is feminine as we know her and thus is going to be less you know. And tobacco is masculine, so it makes them from that larger from the larger archetype standpoint. You're you're making a face, and largely because I'm not a tobacco, <laughs> so I'm kind of talking out my ass. Well, and I think it's interesting talking about these archetypes as well because both those plant mixtures can come across as either, yeah. right? So whether it's tobacco or ayahuasca, you know. Ayahuasca is also like la pintuera, the painter, and and has this side mm-hmm. of visionary, right. right? And so she's definitely cleans, heals, teaches, and can be direct. But yeah. there's also a pretty big visionary component right. to yeah. her. And while people do ceremony with tobacco, and tobacco can be visionary, right. it's also very much so straightforward to the point yeah. we're getting down to business yeah. at least in my experience sure. with it yeah. um, but that's the fun thing is there's so much room to explore and so much that we don't know yeah um, that requires a great deal amount of study yeah yeah, yeah. cool so um, you, you spent three weeks down uh, with Slocum shadowing him can you give us your top two takeaways your um, things that you're like oh wow um, that you came home with or I'm, I'm, I'm saying two because I, I thought that would be easy but maybe not <laughs> maybe it's more it's less less um, it's hard to articulate I don't know they are hard to articulate Um, I mean, one just like very clear thing that I knew from my own external, my own internal experience, Mm -hmm. but it was nice to see externally with others going through it Mm -hmm. was just how direct tobacco is Mm -hmm. and just how it works on the energetic level and seeing people kind of get, find order in Uh their lives, Uh both during and after. Yeah. Another aspect of it, though, was, you know, watching how the diagnosis went. Mm, yeah. 
because there might have been a diagnosis where it was like, hey, this person, seven drinks of tobacco. Mm -hmm. However, (laughs) instead of saying, yeah, it's a seven drink tobacco dieta, it was a, let's take it a day at a time. Mm. Because if somebody commits to seven days but at or seven drinks and after the fourth drink it's just like I'm done oh so he's giving in the diagnosis he's giving the pasajero the clients the guest the space generally and it's also well but it's also the space for tobacco because tobacco I imagine is like ayahuasca and knows what they need to get he needs to get done in that time in frame. In that time frame. And so, and he also knows the person, just like ayahuasca. He's like, tobacco is looking at this person going, I got to get to work in three drinks. Just go to town. Or, oh, this person can handle seven and I'll just space it out. Space the workout. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes, and. Yeah. So let's say that, you know, when you get to Amaru Spirit, Slocum and maybe Nikki, maybe another helper of his, um, are sitting down with you. Slocum does his diagnostic, and let's say that he's like, yes, a tobacco diet. Because mm-hmm. um, he might diagnose another diet. He might diagnose another diet. He might diagnose, like he did for me this time, hey, no diets, just come follow along. Uh-huh. Uh, or maybe it's a gallbladder liver flush. Who knows? Uh-huh. But let's say he diagnoses a tobacco dieta. Depending on how that person is, he might say, I highly recommend a seven-drink dieta. Uh-huh. Or he might say, Let, let's start with you know a three-drink dieta and then go from there. Yeah. And during that time, he might realize or confirm yeah, this person would benefit the most from a seven-drink dieta. Uh-huh. And then encourage accordingly. But there's not the encouragement oh. necessarily. Oh, okay. He might share his perspective, right? But there's a clear boundary between, you know, if somebody wants to do their work, they have to be committed to doing their work. Oh. And when... From my experience with Logan, when he fully commits to to working with somebody, he doesn't want to waste time and his time and energy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want them to waste their time and energy. Mm-hmm. And also, sometimes people start processes and then reach a point, and he's not going to force them to stay in a dieta. Yeah, yeah. And if they want to close their dieta at that point in time. You know, he'll encourage them to really look at what's, why they're closing it. Mm-hmm. But if they're closing it for the wrong reasons, and it, there is this energetic weight that can kind of slam back mm-hmm. into whoever is serving that dieta. Mm. Um, and so, not only is it a, I don't want to waste my time and energy trying to push you to seven drinks it's also I don't want to get hit <laughs> with like the the potential energy of the seven drinks being cut early uh-huh. and then take that on 
so you know so you're you're saying that the server is kind of intertwined in the commitment of the pasajero or absolutely the guest. Yeah, yeah. and within that you know my experience going there is hey i'm open to your perspective and i'm coming here because i'm here to learn but if you're going in there it is important to note for everybody who goes there that they are in complete control so to speak mm-hmm. of their healing journey right like if you want to go down there and do the work awesome you are in control of what that means for you mm-hmm. you have to listen to your body nobody else can tell you what that is mm-hmm. And that level of firmness from that I, I view as very much so derived from tobacco mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing on my end as well. And this was a big takeaway of where am I allowing myself to get involved in other people's processes? Mm-hmm. How is that taking away energy from me? Mm-hmm. Where Where is that going? And why am I allowing myself to, to get pulled in? Yeah. Even if it's out of a lot of love for like and wanting this other person to do better mm-hmm. great but also it's their process yeah and and gotta step away gotta step away yeah. otherwise it does come back and so having that line of clear boundaries yeah really <clears throat> really important cool, cool. Right anything any other big things from from peru Peru is still an amazing place. Yeah. Can't wait to go back, and we'll see how the politics play out at the moment. Yeah. But, yeah, I think the the biggest takeaway really is, one, people are far more aware of themselves than we like to give them credit for. <laughs> Two... What, is, what do you mean by that, they're far more aware? I said we, and maybe I should just say I. (laughs) Um, People know themselves. Mm. And sometimes there's patterns that they don't see. And also sometimes there's patterns that they do see, but they allow to run because it serves a purpose. Okay. And myself included, right? And so... When people are in complete, can when when you trust people to actually look at themselves, say like, look, nobody else can look at this for you. Yeah. It's beautiful because uh-huh. it's it's either hey, you know, this is there. Do you want to work on it or not? Yeah. And the answer is yes or no. <laughs> and if the answer is no, cool. Yeah. They don't have to work on it, and yeah. it's no a, there's no reason to get involved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's an interesting statement, I think, because I, th- it's it. I think goes against a lot of experience by a lot of people. Is do you think that people are aware of them, pretty darn aware of themselves, with some unawareness on some patterns, but awareness around patterns, but they let, allow them to continue, and then they just hide it or pretend they're not aware or 
You see I, what I'm saying? Because I, there's a lot of uh, that person's just not aware, and you know. A lot of times, people are not just aware, right? right? There, there, there's subconscious patterns right. that are being played out, right. right? And let's say you know somebody's working. I'll, I'll, I'll use me okay. as an example, okay. just to make it very nice and clean, yeah. right? Let's say that you have me coming out of an MBA program and a public policy program, ma- master's program, thinking about going into the corporate world. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I love working 80 hours a week. Oh, we've had this conversation. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And, and like, I'm aware of the stories that are there. Uh-huh. I, maybe I can't see all of them, but I can see that pattern and how it's affecting me, mm-hmm. right? And... I can see, let's say that I'm farther down that road and I'm partying all the time and, you know, traditional stockbroker life. Yeah. Working and partying Monday through Friday, market is closed and that's when I sleep. <laughs> like, that's not a healthy or sustainable lifestyle. Right. I can probably see that that's a healthy and or unhealthy, or unhealthy yeah. and unsustainable lifestyle. Uh-huh. And I can also probably see the benefits that I'm getting out of it. Mm-hmm. So, ultimately, it's up to you. To ultimately, it's up to me to figure out what I want to do with that. Yeah, yeah. And so maybe I can't see at the forefront of my consciousness. Oh well, when I was three, this person yeah, made this yeah, one comment. Yeah. But I can see that pattern playing out. Yeah, yeah. And then the question is, do I? Since I'm aware of it, how do I want to respond? Right, right. And. And, and people are aware of that front level of it. Right. Therefore, everyone is responsible for their own healing, and they heal themselves because they're taking the steps to heal themselves. They may not be the one serving the tobacco and making the diagnosis of how much tobacco to give, but they're there going, I need to do this because of some issue, pattern, what have you. Yeah. Yeah. So therefore, and ultimately, it's their responsibility. It's their responsibility, and, right. and the plant medicines can help. And at the core of it, it's like, hey, we're stepping into a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. nobody can walk your mystery for you. Yeah. yeah. But do you want to engage with it? Do you want to be fully present in life? Or do you want to let the patterns yeah. continue, to, continue run. to run you? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Right now. No excuses. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, right. That's... And, that's, and that's kind of the, you know, it's interesting in the Bhagavad Gita when Arjuna's talking to Krishna and Krishna's telling Arjuna don't worry about those people on the other side who are going to die or the people who are going to die on your side in this big war they're just living out their karma and they can choose if there's awareness around their karma they can choose how to work with it right but you don't get involved in their karma and don't the only karma you can you can worry about is your own and so lament for no one you know don't lament for anyone yeah yeah that that's at least my current approach right one of the last story on this front but it's like one of the things that you have accurately pointed out in your very skillful playful way (laughs) is I have a pattern mm-hmm. of being able to overcomplicate things. Mm. 
I laugh every time you point that out <laughs> because I know it's true. Yeah. Right. And, and I have my own style of working on studying where that comes from to figure out how to simplify it. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, if I didn't find it funny, <laughs> would it make it any less true? <laughs> <laughs> so you might as well laugh. So I might as well laugh and acknowledge that my story is there. Yeah instead of trying to to hide from it because at least with the awareness of it that i'm engaging with it and and the healing process it's easy it's easier and more healing or easier i don't know more healing or less healing but it's humor is in the in the spiritual path and the healing path is absolutely necessary um it's lubrication it's lubrication (laughs) yeah yeah and it you know it it helps yeah lubrication which makes ease and this stuff this is something i've come up with recently is with this other work that i'm doing outside of plant medicine um it doesn't have to be hard it can be so fucking easy um we make it hard so uh something to chew on there for those of you out there who think it has to be hard it doesn't uh, for particular western Western. I think it human, but particularly in the West, we think it has to be hard. Yeah, uh, the the healing has to be equivalent to the drama that and trauma that uh, that caused it. Uh, and it's like, oh, but what if it was just done? Yeah, what if it, <laughs> just shed your skin like a snake and leave it behind. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Um, I think we're we're almost at an hour here, and. Um, well, thank you, Michael. That was that was a great. Uh, I think that was a great podcast and yeah, very educational for a lot of people, including myself. I learned a lot. So, um, thank you all for uh, those of you listening. Um, you know, th- this is brought to you by Heal Your Tribe, which is healyourtribe.com, and Heal Your Tribe uh, offers combo practitioner training, combo um, treatments, and. Um, we also do sound healing, uh, uh, which is something that's going to be. We haven't been advertising it or putting up on the web uh, web web page, but that's going to uh, be coming forth and more information about that. The next um, we have a uh, a big training, both combo and sound healing, coming up in March of 2022 with um, both. Um, Tressa and Jess uh, doing the training. It's going to be in Dallas, Texas. Do you remember the dates off the top of your head? I do not remember the dates off the top uh, of my check head. Check our website, hearyourtribe.com. <laughs> <laughs> Some t- something that starts with a 20, okay. I believe. <laughs> that's, that's helpful. Um, <laughs> so March 2022, we have uh, those two. They're both in Dallas, Texas. Um, go to healyourtribe.com to check that out. Um, also, if you like this content, we have other podcasts. And we have Icaros as well at uh, Heal Your Tribe um, on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com. Um, so thank you again very for uh, thank you again very much. <laughs> thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this podcast, and we will talk to you later.